right, we have a special guest today. It's Matt Ralph, uh, famous from his work with the Brotherly Game and, of course, other things before that. But uh, that's how I know you, Matt. And uh, some news has popped up recently and then disappeared. And um, it came from a Philly kind of a place. And so I, of course, went straight to you. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about um, the fact that Aaron Hurd popped up for a second as being part of uh, the St. Louis SC, St. Louis City SC Academy that was about to be announced. And today that announcement is happening and has come out and we can talk about it finally. Right. And so I wanted to bring you in because you knew stuff about him immediately, saw your name on a few articles. And so, um, yeah, let's first of all, welcome. It's nice to chat with you again, but uh, maybe you can fill us in on Aaron Hurd a little bit. Great. Well, it's, uh, it's it's good to be here, Phil, and uh, you know to talk about St. Louis Soccer, a new team that's coming in, and it's exciting just to hear. You know, obviously these teams come in and they have different ideas about how to build their club, about how to build their brand, and it's exciting to kind of see how St. Louis City is going about like building the academy. Um, because obviously here in Philadelphia, we've seen so much success from that model, and just in in terms of like just academy success, like not even talking about the first team and how it's impacted yeah. just what that's meant in terms of how it's raised the level of youth development here in our region, uh, how it's, you know, produced, you know, some great players for the first team, but also for college programs and other teams like you see with uh, Tomas Romero right now in LAFC. And, you know, so Aaron Hurd, it's, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, when Aaron came to the academy uh, two years ago now, you know, I was, I was kind of torn about him because he's so young <laughs> and <laughs> i you know i generally don't like to talk about players that are you know pre uh full field players um so generally i don't I, you won't hear me talking about u12 players or u11 players or yeah. u10 or i'm at we can talk about my son and how he's developing i guess he's five but uh, <laughs> i just you know i i feel a little it feels a little uncomfortable to really uh certainly to hype a player who's so young uh, but, you know, Aaron came in and he, he was playing a couple age groups up already with the U15s. And he's the type of player when you see him play, you're like, you kind of throw that out the window a little bit because you're just, you know, I'm like, don't hype up a kid. Don't, don't hype up a kid. And then you watch him play and you're like, holy cow, this kid mm. has a lot of a lot of the tools. And even before he came and I saw him, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, this time every every summer I kind of do a story on, you know, who are the new recruits to the academy and who's coming in? And I talked with the, you know, the talent ID guy, uh, John Shearer, who's a, who's a great guy to talk to. And, um, you know, he's very passionate about his work and he loves to talk about the new players that he's gotten into the academy. And, nice. uh, you know, Perfect. obviously it's not just him, but, you know, he's he's sort of the can be the spokesman for that. And uh, it's really is a club wide effort. I mean, all these recruits that come in. Uh, pretty much, you know, get a chance to go to first team training. They meet uh, head coach Jim Curtin. You know, it's really kind of a, a whole, like they have a whole process for how they bring in players. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it was kind of immediately, you know, this is one we're really, really excited about. <laughs> and yeah. you know, coming from coming from Maryland, he was a, a player with Bethesda SC, which is one of the regional independent clubs here that's really just a great club. They've produced a lot of really wonderful players. Um, you, you see them, you know, on college, you know, D1 college rosters. You'll, you'll see players that have moved on to MLS academies from that club. So, you know, kind of came in with a good pedigree and was already playing up. And, you know, sometimes, like, I think we do tend to, uh, you know, 
hype up players because they're playing up a couple of groups uh, <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he clearly, from the beginning, like I said, he fit in and it was just really, really exciting player to watch. And, you know, a lot of times like academy players too, it's like, oh, this kid scored a bunch of goals and that's great. Uh, but he's not um, like Aaron was a type is a type of player from what I've seen who scores goals, like not because he's a goal scorer, but just because he's like, I mean, he's kind of like uh, he's just got such a great work rate. He's all over the field. He, yeah. um, you know, he's able to, uh, you know, he's just, he really is like a box to box midfielder who has just a huge, like just such a great motor. And, you know, for, again, for his age, like he just, he's shown so much uh, maturity and, uh, you know, he's just very, you know, he's not, you know, it's like, I, you know, you compare him maybe to like Jamiro Montero. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> type of player, right. Where these guys who, who just kind of keep their head down and, and, and just, you know, get, get the job done. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, here's a here's a quote actually uh, that Stewart found online. Box to box was able to control the midfield against older kids. Very poised and played well within himself. The kind of flashy that entirely comes from his play and not how he carries himself. You, you know who wrote that one? <laughs> Sounds like something I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that's you wrote that. I thought it was well phrased. It was really cool. We were talking about him, and I, I think one of the I was like, "What? Who can we compare him to?" You kind of said like a Moses Nyman, but maybe better. You know, higher ceiling. Even I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean Moses is a player that I just uh, you know uh, he's one of my favorite young players. Yeah, right now. I mean he's agreed again like a similar thing where the first you know he, there had been a fair amount of hype about him before I saw him play and. You know, I, I got to see him play in um, UGA Cup against the Union, and uh, the, you know, I went out to see FC him play against FC Delco, and you know, again, like some of these kids get hyped up, and you're like, you, you your first look at them is like, okay, like he's like half the size of everyone else, <laughs> you know, and like it's natural, right? And then you're like, oh, and then you see them, a like, similar thing with Moses, you see him on the ball, you see just his intelligence, and it's just like, oh wow, this this guy is special. Now you see him at the MLS level and, you know, just how, um, how in command he is as such a young player is really impressive. So um, definitely kind of like, uh, you know, in terms of like positioning and again, that, that, you know, whatever you want to call it, that um, if factor, whatever, it's, it's yeah. definitely there in terms of, you know, um, obviously the talent and stuff, but then, with a lot of these players, right, it, it comes down to like the, the the development plan and like what is the plan for you know a player because you know again following the Union Academy you know for probably about seven years now really closely you know you there's a lot of players that come through that have you know have a you know that kind of jump off off the page and then it's you see unfortunately a lot of times it's forwards right they just don't they don't they don't develop right forwards. Mm are really, really hard to develop in this country and probably around the world. That's why they get paid so much. But uh, so you'll see players who are bigger, who score like 30 goals, and then the rest of the kids catch up to them. And then yeah. they're like, you see, okay, well, there were some deficiencies elsewhere that weren't really addressed. So, um, you know, certainly in this country, you know, the development of player like, you know, central midfielders is, something we're, we're finding some success with now. So, yeah. um, it's especially yeah, his yeah. type of position. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. He, um, you mentioned earlier that he's from Bethesda FC in Maryland and his, he's listed on our, our roster that drops today. 
um, as being from Virginia. So obviously that's not in the Philly homegrown area. And so I want to talk about that uh, because obviously Philly is a great model for an academy, of course. We want to kind of copy a lot of those kind of things uh, if we had our choice here as fans in St. Louis. And it's interesting. Can you talk to me about how Philly has brought people in from not just the U.S., but like all over the world, right, to bring into their academy and claim them as homegrown someday? It looks like St. Louis is kind of – you know, we're going to be ruthless in the same kind of way if you want to if you want to phrase it that way. And I'm curious, um, can you kind of tell us, you know, everything about Philly? I'm curious about some of those examples or, or how they go about it. Um, you mentioned Jim Curtin going about bringing people in earlier, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the recruiting, the recruiting aspect is one that, you know, probably it was probably Kansas City that first sort of came on the radar for this. Uh, yeah, the new, new North Carolina boys, right? Yeah, and well, even before that was Saloy, mm. right? I mean, being an exchange student and a lot of people around the league are like, oh, what, wow. you know, kind of looking at Peter Vermes, like what fast one is he pulling with this exchange student homegrown? Um, so that was sort of like you saw Kansas City kind of leading a little bit of the charge of that. But all, all along, actually, Philadelphia has been – it's been uh, – since – early in their full-time academy days because their first their first sort of toe in the water with this in 2010 was you know kind of what unfortunately what minnesota is doing with the the kind of regional the like club the club and country model um yeah a country club model or whatever you want to call it (laughs) where they had basically because philadelphia and john hackworth was the guy that kind of put this together uh he doesn't get no one talks about how John Hackworth really built the foundation for what the Phil, the union are doing now. Who's in St. Louis now? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So that's, a, that's, a, that's an important, yeah, I guess they haven't announced it, but that's an important piece of this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's important to let people know in St. Louis that this is in John Hackworth's wheelhouse. And so he was kind of the guy who set about to, you know, look at the clubs in the area and say like, hey, look, we're trying to build this academy. Um, the best way to start, because you, you, you know, this is a start. A team is is tough, especially in a place like Philly, where you have so many established youth clubs, so much history. I mean, you go back and like we're, our history and youth development dates back to you know the early part of the nineteenth uh, or twentieth century, and mm-hmm. you know Lighthouse is one of the famous youth clubs in the country, right? That built some of these players like Walt Barr and. Uh, you know, some of these other like legends of the game. So, um, you know, there's a lot of history in Philly. And so John Hackworth kind of like created this model where you had players from FC Delco, players from PDA, players from PA Classics coming in and they had like a, you know, training model where they would come in and then they'd, you know, put teams together like they did with uh, that successful 2012 GA Cup team that Zach Steffen was a goalkeeper for, and yeah. they won penalties to beat Toronto in the final out. And I think it was in Seattle at the time in 2012. And Jim Curtin was the head coach of that team. So, um, you know, really was like, you know, like I said, John Hackworth kind of putting that together. And then they, they kind of built on that model with the, you know, joining the DA the development Academy in uh, 2013. And that was when they really kind of started this program. Uh, that's when they opened officially opened YSC Academy, the school. They had had kind of a, like a, sort of like what LA uh, Galaxy has, like a sort of like a training, like a learning center model before that. And then they decided, mm-hmm. Richie Graham and company decided that, you know, the best model was to actually have like a fully functioning high school complete with lockers that have yeah. the Union logo on them. So um, that was, I think, probably just 
you know, again, you know, they were building a foundation um, and they didn't produce a whole lot of players from that. It was early days. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't, they had a chance to sign Zach Steffen and that didn't happen. But then, you know, you saw Zach, uh, Zach Pfeffer, uh, Jimmy McLaughlin, who's still, still kicking it at Louisville. And then um, Christian Hernandez, which was a weird, a weird Peter Novak uh, invention um, kind of skirting the MLS rules for that one. So, um, so early on in the actual like DA phase of the program, they, they were, they had a, um, they had a scout uh, based in Michigan and they had a, you know, guy who's now with inner Miami who was, uh, you know, really heavily involved in, in recruiting players. And so you saw players early in the days, like Raheem Taylor parks coming in from, uh, from out of the area. You saw, um, you know, a host of other players who, you know, um, Justin McMaster was a player who was recruited to the Academy. Yeah. So haven't they brought in guys from like other countries as well to at least start in the Academy? I don't know if they claim them as homegrowns or anything, but I thought that was something else that was pretty big with them. I mean, internationally is a little tricky because uh, they need an ITC. And uh, so unless there's, um, you know, like uh, Patrick uh, Bowie, who's with Cincinnati, uh, you know, he's he's, you know, one of those ones where the, he was part of the academy long before he could play because of yeah. you know, ITC clearance. So he actually made his debut in the GA Cup, which is, you know, it's not the DA. So he was able to play in an MLS event kind of like as a guest player. Then they were able to kind of clear him. Um, mm. You know, he had a you know, parent in the U.S. So a lot of these players that, okay you know, are internet like they have an international uh, you know, Jared Nixon was a player early in the early in the days of the academy. His dad was a Trinidad and Tobago legend. So, okay, yeah, relocated to Georgia. Um, so, you know, early they they had some hot spots like before these teams started, like you know Georgia, where they they got Yosef uh, Samuel, who's playing internationally now. Um, you know, Florida, uh, Michigan they were able to kind of target some of these locations where there weren't clubs. Uh, but this isn't in. something that's happening like regularly. That's something I meant to ask you about before yeah. we started, but that's good to know. Um, Cause you know, who, everyone's going to get away with what they can, obviously, <laughs> as you've illustrated multiple times already. Um, one thing I want to ask you about was uh, Minnesota United, you mentioned their model. And then obviously you guys have a full model. You mentioned, you know, high school and everything, right? Um, so St. Louis city, interestingly is doing kind of what Hackworth is doing in that way. I know that's what it was doing. And I know that's one reason they brought him in. I think our sporting director, Lutz Spenenstiel, was that was his idea too, as well, to kind of bring in from already existing um, academies in the area. Right. And so we're only going to have like a U15 and up um, as far as official MLS Academy players. And then below that, they're going to pull from the local academies. Is that, exactly what minnesota's doing or is that a little different like maybe a hybrid of what you guys are yeah i mean my understanding yeah with minnesota is it's they you know they're really kind of letting the the local clubs uh develop the players and then they'll bring them in for you know tournaments or you know events and that kind of thing i haven't i haven't i mean lately information about other academies last since the mls next started it's a little bit a little bit murky uh in terms of like figuring out the structure with COVID and stuff. But that was my understanding is it, it, it's not exactly the club and country model that the union had, but it's has a similar feel where you're kind of putting a lot of the like day to day training uh, games on weekends on the local clubs. And then you're sort of bringing them into your environment to kind of add additional training, add additional 
opportunities for tournaments. And, you know, that's actually been to the union's benefit with Dijon Darbo, um, you know, considered one of the top prospects at that age. Um, he's playing with the U union too, uh, <laughs> and, you know, playing with the U 17. So, um, you know, he was one and several at Columbus got a couple guys. Like, I mean, basically all of the, you know, a lot of the players they had that were top prospects kind of scattered after that, that announcement came down. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been beneficial to, <laughs> yeah. to the union, but it is, it's a different, um, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of one size fits all. So, uh, I think Agreed. You know, if that's, if that's what they've figured out is, is good for them. That's good for them. It's just, it's sad when you see a guy like Caden Clark, not playing for Minnesota United and, you know, a guy like Bajong not, you know, going with the local team. So even though it does benefit in this case, you know, for the union or for Red Bulls, uh, you know, there's something really cool about these players that coming up with their local team, but also if it's not a good fit that they have an opportunity elsewhere to sort of maybe yeah. be in a different system. Um, you know, the territory thing, I, you know, I kind of go back and forth on like, is it, is it fair from a free market standpoint? No, to like, just like automatically arbitrarily assign a kid to a team yep. based on what their address is. But, at the same time, like, I think, you know, teams should try to, that, that should, there should be like, you know, an ideal situation for teams to have like the, for kids to have a chance who want to play for their local club to have that opportunity. And I don't know how you work that out with, you know, all the Byzantine rules of MLS, but that is something that I'm, I'm interested in. Generally, I, I love the, the, I'm like such a local newspaper guy, you know, <laughs> like the good, <laughs> a good local story um uh, you know whatever possible but i recognize too though that that the teams are going to have different identities and different approaches that are going to benefit you know one player over another uh depending on their skill set absolutely any other thoughts i got out what i wanted to hear about i wanted to hear about aaron i wanted to hear what your thoughts were about minnesota united's kind of model versus unions versus st louis's uh any other thoughts before we go for Fans of a new expansion club. Yeah, I, I I think the schooling model is something that I would love to see more 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 teams pick up on because, you know, that's really a big factor that, that the Philadelphia Union has. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't want me talking about this, uh, but that that's been a feather in their hat. Is like ultimately when you're talking to parents, and you know, I have two children. You know, you're a parent, like you know thinking about like sending your kid <laughs> across country uh, for F14 or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, the thought that there's going to, they're going to be in an academic environment that's suit that's like structured around training two training sessions a day. And that the people that they have at that, that school are just very, uh, very invested. Um, I mean, they're fans of the, their soccer, but they're mostly invested just in them as people yeah. And then like pursuing like their interests and, uh, you know, academically and otherwise just hobbies outside of soccer. And so I think that model has been really beneficial just to have, um, you know, these kids like have their individual education plans on top of their individual development plans as players. And I, you know, I would love to see more, more teams having their own little schools like that, that, that really, um, you know, that, that, that really, you know, cause this whole, like the idea of the, you know, you go to a school somewhere and then you travel to training every day. Like, I just think it, it gets clunky and, you know, residency programs, which the union have that could be fraught with all sorts of <laughs> things that, 
you know, that that's a piece I think that, that, that all the teams that do it are probably constantly trying to work through. Like, how do you create a residency program that's um, that works, that yeah. doesn't, um, you know, it's sort of like, how do you get a bunch of boys living together and not have problems? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then when problems arise, how do you like, how do you address some of just the social of course, yeah. um, social aspects of things, the pressures that I mean, there's just immense pressure on these kids. I mean, I just mm-hmm. can't, like, I can't imagine uh, the pressure that they're under and, you know, they sign up for it. Right. So, yeah, exactly. um, but at the same time, again, like looking at all the other aspects of their, um, uh, as individuals. And I really do look at these young people as individuals. I, I, I root for them, um, you know, to, to, to do well at whatever they pursue and, um, you know, I want, I want what's best for these young people because, because I recognize that they're not really normal kids. Uh, mm-hmm. I tell them that like, when I talk, I'm like, you know, you're not normal. Like, I, maybe you don't need me telling you that, but like, you know, you have, you know, you're doing something really awesome. Like, I think the kids that we celebrate are the kids that like rise, like the cream rises at the top, yeah. but like all of them, I think are worth celebrating in the sense that they're, they're, they're doing a part in building the game in this country and they're setting an example for the younger kids of like, this is what it looks like to um, basically train as a professional at 14, mm-hmm. at 15, at 16. This is what it's like to balance school and life and stay out of trouble. And all yeah, of those right. Be um, humble. Yeah. Yeah. Be humble. Yeah. That's a huge part of it because um, totally. the game will humble you at some point. So you, you might as well work on the humility before you <laughs> True. Get, get absolutely yeah they should wear it as a badge of honor i completely agree and i like your i love your input about all of the academy stuff you've been around the block obviously you're, you're very invested and, and you enjoy uh knowing and talking to all these kids and the parents and coaches and everything so matt thank you so much for joining me matt uh, matt ralph of the brotherly game um it's always fun and i'm sure we'll be talking again in the future great yeah and i just one other thing to add was you yeah. know the st louis folks were at uh we're here at a game at our training field in down in Chester. And that was, that was cool to see the, you know, again, that sharing of information that I think Holy is cow. so important. So, um, you know, and I know there's a connection between Ernst and, and, and the sporting director there and uh, some people that are involved in the team, yeah. but it's just really cool to kind of see how there is such a collaboration across the league. Obviously it's a single entity league. Like, you know, there's, um, structurally it is, but that doesn't mean these guys have to talk to each other. No, <laughs> so, not at all. So it's always great when they do and they build those relationships because yeah. again, I think they're all together can raise the level of the game, not just for MLS, but for certainly for USL and for uh, NISA and these other leagues that are, that are, that are so important to the game. Completely agree. Yeah. They did take that trip to Philly and DC and Kansas city. I'm not sure what else, but um, you know, picking some good ones there for sure. So. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again, Matt. Uh, We'll talk soon.